Hi, everybody. Uh, good afternoon. I'm looking at the time. Good afternoon. Uh, it, it's July 18th, and um, we're talking about special interviews. Uh, um, this is really special, and 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 I uh, I've been pondering this and thinking about this for a long time. Uh, I've been doing my research and studying uh, about David and Megan. Uh, uh, and and their work uh, means a lot to me for a lot of reasons because it's expanding your universe, your knowledge, your health. Uh, I've been a big fan of all of that. You know the elements of expansion, your mind, uh, uh, and getting rid of things. Uh, we just spent like an hour, uh, literally, just chatting and, and getting acquainted. And I was listening to their podcast last night. Uh, and, and doing my due diligence reading, uh, and and uh, we're different, but so unique. Uh, uh, but we're we're bound, uh, we're bound by the the commonality of healing, mm. uh, uh, and and what you can do with the human body is and the human mind is beyond. I, I always like to think of a poster boy. Uh, 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 for health and for the proper way of going through things and learning and discovering things about yourself. I'm a poster boy because I, I've been highly functioning uh, as uh, I'm a month away from 77, That's which amazing. is three years away from being an octogenarian, which I, I don't think I like. <laughs> but I'll take it. Because, but the bottom line is this thing here functions uh really really well and 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 that's why Dave and Megan are here. Uh I, I I'm gonna read um the title uh David and Megan uh of magical 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 yeah. uh it's healing the world with ayahuasca retreats and psilocybin ceremonies uh they're live from Texas and they have so much to unpack and talk to you about. Uh, and, and again, I'm really thrilled that you guys are here. Uh, and I know you have hugely busy schedules because I was reading stuff on your website where people will be able to, to see and, and digest. So um, I don't want to talk anymore. Uh, why don't you guys do a little bit of a bio and, and, and a little history and then we'll kind of jump into your life and your work. Cool. Yeah, we'd love to. Thank you so much. It's been uh, beautiful connecting with you before this, too. Both Megan and I are all about, by the way, our pug is with us. So if you hear snoring, that's our pug. Um, but we've, we're all about energy. You know, we're all energy and we're all about connecting with those uh, aligned energies. And your energy is so beautiful. It's been amazing to connect with you. Uh, so it's an honor to be here, yeah. uh, to be able to talk about everything. And Megan and I, we've this mission has been so, so special, you know, um, being able to see people transform and their decades and decades of trauma be released in a night, in two nights, working with ayahuasca and psilocybin and uh, Magical has, uh, both Megan and I have been um, working in these arts the past few years. And we have amazing teachers from the Amazon, from Colombia that have taught us these arts. Um, and right now we run magical. We basically do really powerful plant medicine retreats all over the world. 
uh, from Belize, which is our ultimate experience, to the Amazon, uh, Mexico, next year, Italy, Turks and Caicos, but we do some um, in, in domestically as well. So we help people heal, suppress trauma, we help people heal chronic illness, uh, depression, anxiety, any ailments that, that tend to be quote unquote uncurable when people get stuck, a lot of them divinely find their way to us <laughs> and these beautiful plants are able to facilitate that. But the heart and soul of it really is, is Megan and her, uh, her story that, oh, stop. And the story, her story and everything that she's been through to be able to heal herself and use that same formula to heal others. I, I read several times your story, Megan. Um, uh, it was a rough journey. You had a rough, rough journey. And sometimes you look back on that and, and it's a journey for a purpose because it allows you to be who you are now and it allows you to help others uh, 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 with your journey. Yeah, I, I do have one uh, little editorial comment to make. Uh, I, I read voraciously articles on health uh, every day. Um, uh, truly, uh, that's just who I am, uh, my background. Uh, and, and I read more and more and more about this whole new world of which you are in. Mushrooms, psilocybin, medicinals, healing. Uh, way above and beyond quote cannabis. This, we're talking about major healing. So you're in a wonderful place. Uh, and you're, you're really at a forefront of a whole new world. And, and to quote uh, Aldous Huxley, uh, a brave new world where you're at. Um, so uh, jumping into um, what is uh, what is it that began your your journey with plant medicines and ayahuasca? How how did all that begin? Yeah, and I I wanted to comment on that because you know that's one of the missions that Megan and I have also is destigmatizing these medicines, destigmatizing the power of these plants. Uh, whole nother topic, won't go into it in, in this moment, happy to later if it calls to you, but there's been a lot of specific uh, programs and stuff run on people to really think, have a lot of fear around these medicines and these plants and they're so sacred and they're so beautiful. Uh, so I really appreciate you saying we're on the forefront of this because it is, people are waking up. People oh, yeah. because the the as as one of our our greatest teachers, Master Shaman Danilo Jimenez, he says uh, the depth of trauma is so deep and in, in suppressed in the Western world. This beautiful medicines are making their way over here now because people need this kind of healing and these sacred ways or these are sacred uh, plants are ways to heal. So thank you for saying that. I wanted to mention that first. Uh, and I said it completely unsolicited. Yeah. Uh, I'm saying it. Uh, and, and actually, uh, you know, when you guys popped into my life and I saw your work and you know all the stuff I'm reading, and of course, my friend Gaetano, Lord Eury, who's in this space here in New Jersey, keeps talking to me about it and, 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 and is opening and expanding my mind. Uh, I'm realizing that this is a whole forefront of things we know nothing, not enough about. And, and it's it's going to explode. And you're right there at the very, very beginning in what you're doing. 
Um, so, and, and that's what really, you know, kind of lit my fire. It's an old Jim Morrison song. Yeah, Maybe well, before your time, but. No, uh, not. I oh, okay. Know. Well, I that's good. That's good. So, um, um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt no, your yes. question. Um, what, what started it and Megan can really talk about this, the heart, we both work together absolutely in this mission, but the heart and soul of it is Megan. She has this incredible intuition that was derived from her story, all the things that she had to heal from and what she went through. And it cultivated this really divine story of learning how to heal these incurable, quote unquote, incurable ailments that she now utilizes at the retreats to help heal others. Wow. So it's really her story of, uh, yeah. So what was the question? Sorry, someone knocked on our door and the dogs went crazy. So, <laughs> so the question. Well, a little bit of your background, Megan, how you arrived mm -hmm. where yes. you're at and what, I don't know how much you want to share. I mean, it's, it's out sure. there. How much yeah, you want to care of what got you here and the things that you overcome? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I'll try to keep it as short as I can because it's a lot. It is a lot. You know, I first of all want to say I did have a wonderful family. I just happened to have some a very very dark uh, period where my mother. Uh, married my uh, stepfather and that's really where the root of all of my trauma illness everything started you know my mom uh she had me when she was 17 and um she got a no no and she had me when she was 17 and um my stepfather came into the picture you know many years later but my grandparents raised me up until that time and, um, and they were wonderful. My grandparents were like my mother and father, you know, and uh, my mom went off to school, to college, you know, they wanted her to be able to do what she could to be successful. Um, but then my mother, whenever um, I was in uh, the third grade, she had met a man and she married him. Um, and it unfortunately was one of the worst decisions she could have ever made um, for herself, for me, for all involved. He was a very, this is why I, yes, everything is energy. We are energy, but this is why I feel it's a, it's a gift, but I can feel into energy and, and there's signs that I can see in people now because my stepfather was very charming on the outside very charming. Everyone loved him. You know what I mean? He was so friendly, so nice. And behind closed doors, he was evil, like truly evil, like demonic evil. Wow. And, um, you know, I didn't know anything about the spirit world like I do now after working in the ayahuasca space, but like so dark that I would say, um, that he he was like the possessor like i mean now looking back i'm like he honestly could have been a demon like truly so um anyway long story short i uh, went through horrific trauma with him i mean he was so abusive to my mother right in front of my face i thought he was going to kill her and i was terrified for my mom's life and mine too and he molested me and i disassociated for survival and i splintered off into so many different fractal pieces you know, for survival at the time, it was too much. It was too much, but he was also physically abusive. 
And so he beat me and like two, I mean, yeah, he beat me and I was afraid to, you know, I, I was always in fear. You know, I was afraid coming home from school, what it was going to be like. He was alcoholic. He would even get us in a car and get really drunk and just to mess with us, act like he was going to like drive us off the cliff or like road. You know what I mean? Like terrifying yeah. things, terrifying and then he was also psychologically mean. And I mean, just every, I was getting it from every kind of wow. angle that you could wow. get it. And it lasted for many years. It lasted through um, the eighth grade. I actually, I was always so smart, but the trauma was so horrific um, that I had to repeat the eighth grade. And, and that is when it all came to a head because Child Protective Services got involved, which now I'm so thankful that I'm safe and child protective services did not get a hold of me because no telling what would have happened to me there. But, um, so that I was divinely protective during that, but people, they got involved because I was going to school black and blue, you know? And, um, but you know, what's crazy. I, I in my mom and I, we did not get along. I mean, there was so much trauma. Like I, I resented her for putting me in that position for so many years. And I, cause I mean, I was not living a normal childhood. I was like reading my precious moments Bible, like under my bed, crying in fear, like almost every day, you know, as a child, it's like, it's just horrific. So my mom and I definitely never had the relationship also because my grandparents raised me. So there was a lot of healing that I had even know needed to take place with my mother and I, mm -hmm. which did not come until just recently, just really, recently. you know? Um, but it's interesting how everything came to hit ahead. Um, because before the timing of child protective services getting involved, it was really the same time. I hadn't told anyone. I tried to tell my mom like Mike was being really weird last night, but I was so young. I was, I think in the fourth grade. And how do you tell, you know what I mean? It was so, I didn't even understand what would happen, you know? And, um, she didn't get it, you know what I mean? But I wasn't obvious about it. I was hoping she would just be able to get it from what I was, the, the hints that I was dropping and she didn't, you know what I mean? Um, so around that same time, so I was staying, I would go and stay the summers with my grandparents and we had a family friend, I won't mention his name, but he was one of my uncle's best friends. And like, he was like, really like a father I never had as far as like, not a granddad father, you know what I mean? And he was really in, big in the church with my family. I was very raised in a church, like indoctrinated religion, fear-based religion, hundred percent. And uh, very much was in that world, drank that Kool-Aid for a long time time and it led to a lot of trauma too <laughs> um but during that time it's it's really weird it's like this person started to fall in love with me even though I was a little girl and um I was at my grandparents for the summer and he I, and I was becoming a lady I was, you know I was like eighth ninth grade now and um growing up as a little little girl he would always tickle my back to go to sleep anyway I was asleep. He came in the room, started that process. And it went, you know, from there. And I obviously freaked out because I had already been going through so much horrific trauma at that point. And so the timing of child protective services just naturally getting involved coincided with the time that that happened. And I ran and told my uncle what happened. I he told him everything. 
Yeah. And so I told my uncle everything. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, he was just like fondling me. And then I told him everything about my step, all the abuse. Like, cause I wasn't even allowed to talk to my uncle. I wasn't allowed to call my grandparents. He, my stepfather kept me from being able to call them. And Oof. it was terrifying, truly. And like my mom and I are so lucky to be alive. A hundred percent. We are very lucky to be alive. It's like the kind of stuff you see on a lifetime movie, but like in real life, you know, mm. And um, from there, I suppressed. From there, I suppressed because, and there I just focused on always being the best at everything, like at school or anything. Like I, I had to prove something that I could be successful because I was so damaged, you know? Mm. And good, yeah. And so I typically was really good at everything. And so I thought I was okay. And so if, people would even bring up the trauma. Like I'd react like, no, I'm like good. Like I'm, you know, I'm strong. Right. Thinking that's how it's supposed to be. I'm strong. And I went to so many therapists, you know, for a long time I didn't, cause I was like, I refused. Um, but I went to, you know, Christian counselors. I went to psychologists. I went to psychiatrists that put me on tons of different things. None of it worked. Um, obviously none of it worked. And then um, in college, this is where it really, really took an ugly turn. So like in college, everything was great. I was in a sorority and I was social chair, I was really active. It was, it was a great time, you know, and um, I had a lot of friends and I uh, had a serious boyfriend and I, uh, some people, some women, girls that are molested, they either become promiscuous or it's the opposite. For me, it was the opposite. Um, but I did with this one guy and I did have, um, intercourse with this one guy that I'd been with for a couple years and, um, I got pregnant and my family was very, you know, so I, again, I would, the fear-based religion, this is where that trauma kicked in. Um, so I was terrified. I was scared. I was afraid because of the way, you know, you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. I, I was afraid that my family might disown me. Maybe out of wedlock. Yeah. yeah. Like I was so afraid of being judged, you know, and uh, the guy did not want me to have it. And I did not, and at that time I had never even had, I'd gone to a gynecologist. Okay. I've never been like, I'd never had anything like that experience ever since, you know, anything ever since my stepfather. So I go to get an abortion and I had no idea. And some girls are fine when they, they make that decision. They're fine. Um, I was not afterwards. I was so worried about the physical aspect of it, which was not pleasant. Um, but for me, the emotional trauma, it was like a light switch went on and like overnight I had chronic illness overnight. It was like everything snowballed, wow. you know, it was like all this stuff that was dormant became active because the stress and the trauma was, I just couldn't take it after everything else I'd been through already in my life. And I thought that I was going to go to hell. I thought that I was going to go to hell. I was a murderer and that, uh, God was going to turn, turn, turn his back on me, you know, because of the way that I had been raised in the church. And, you know, eventually the guilt got to me so much that I just told my family, cause I was just not okay. You know? And they, of course it was, oh, I'll never forget when my uncle like 
hit the ground and was like, I just and started crying. I was like, I wish I could have known your son or daughter, like how that made me feel. You know what I mean? I was still a child, but like, oh my God, it was terrible. So again, another, another trauma, you know, and, and that's when uh, everything started. Like it, I didn't know what it was at the time, but first it was like interstitial cystitis, like bladder stuff, like IBS, gut stuff. And you go to the gastro doctor and they're like, put you on an antidepressant, you know? And I'm like, what, you know? And uh, it just snowballed from there. You know, I was always spending like so much money um, on doctors because I did all these mysteries, you know, illness, symptoms, no doctor could figure out. I did colonoscopies, did all these things, but I was so sick. I became where I could not eat hardly anything. You know, I was intolerant to everything before gluten was ever a thing. My stomach would distend. My stomach would, it's beyond bloating. I have Crazy. a very flat stomach, but the inflammation, the distension, I would I mean, look like alien. Like literally it would, and it would start high and it would go up. I would look like a woman who's about to give, like I would say an eight month, seven, yeah. eight month pregnant lady. Oh, Ray, I, I have to interrupt um, because um, I, you, you do stuff with psychic mediums. And and I I uh, I've done eight paranormal investigations, which I didn't tell you about. But one of my one of my friends is a psychic medium, mm-hmm. and and when she's around bad spirits, her stomach. Whoa! Interesting. Very interesting. And I actually was in a haunted. I was in a haunted mansion with her uh, pre-Halloween. Her name is Jane Doherty, and she's wow. written books. And she, the cops use her for, you know. Um, she's famous. And she, it's, it's Jane Doherty. She. I've heard that name anyway. Well, she's written books, and and um, but I was in this haunted mansion from pre-revolutionary war, and and I was actually in the same room with her when she detected a bad uh-huh. spirit and her stomach distended. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh no, that's fine. That's I had to tell you that. That's no, it's so interesting, interesting because We've it's like this rare thing and it's like huge and it's so uncomfortable, but it would stay like that for like 11 days at a time, usually, you know, and, and then as time progressed, you know, it was just more, you know, getting more severe yeah, and then, and, Xanax. oh yeah, I was on so many, like I'd been, I was on Xanax and they'd alternate me from Xanax and Colombian, Colonopin for 26 years. Like, oh my gosh, it was horrible. I, my body became physically dependent on it, which I can get to that later. But I was on antidepressants. I was on all these things and I had horrific insomnia, as you can only imagine. But then they were giving me, I got diagnosed with lupus and Sjogren's. So then, and fibromyalgia. So then they're giving me, I was on like 10 different things for lupus, but like none of the, it was making me a zombie, but none of it helped. I still was flaring up. No one talked to me about nutrition, obviously not one doctor, you never, not, not, not one doctor would say it was diet. Acupuncture helped when I was in a flare up, but it definitely didn't, it didn't prevent it. It was like something that could help me have a little bit of relief, you know, whenever it happened. So then, you know, I'm struggling with this for, for years and years and years. Right. Well, then I have another trauma at this time. I don't, I am like not into guys. I'm not into, you know, really, you know, I just like stay away, right. Guard up, you know, protect yourself. And then when I uh, was in my late twenties, I had another serious relationship and he was charming. He was handsome and he was charming. He was 
I didn't realize like my stepfather, you know, I didn't realize because he was so charming. And I'm like, how did this one get, but you hear that you hear that whenever this happens to you, that then it can, you can attract it. Right. And that was always one of my biggest fears, not knowing anything about universal laws and what you focus on, you can attract. I didn't know anything about that because I wasn't taught that stuff. You know what I mean? And I did attract it. He was very charming, you know, bought me flowers all the time. Like just so romantic, you know what I mean? Too good to be true type thing. Although he's too good to be true and it's true. But um, anyway, he, I was engaged to him and after like a couple of years of dating and then he had alcohol and he blacked out and he beat me to a bloody pole like bad, really, really bad. And like, again, lucky I was alive because there was a gun in the house. And uh, he, after he had like got, I was bloody. And after he had already got on top of me and just complete, just boom, 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 boom over my face. Uh, he went and sat on the bed and was just like, oh my God, I'm going to blow my head off. And there was a gun in the house. And so I was like, oh my God, like I have to get out of here. He's going to kill me and kill himself. Like I've got to get out of here. And so I had to press charges and yada, yada, yada. And so obviously that was horrific. They put me on like all sorts of psychotic medications that just were horrible and didn't help. And then now we're wrapping up to uh, the last, the trauma that I had that really just sent me um, over the edge after all of this, just building up energetically in me and, you know, in my unconscious and suppressed conscious mind. I forgot to mention that when my mom had me, she was 17. Um, my real father wanted her to have an abortion. She obviously didn't. So like, I never knew my real father. And he actually uh, came into my life when I was like 35. And um, same thing, like just acted like he was this, you know, like, riding in on a horse to save me and to like make up for the lost time and made all these promises and yada 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 and then it got really weird I felt like he kidnapped me I I and I'm gonna not say a whole lot but um there's a thing called genetic sexual attraction I think that's what happened I think he truly started to like weirdly like become infatuated with me and then he like tried to take my bra off when I was laying in bed sleeping and of course I completely was just like Oh my God, this is not happening again. So you can only imagine by the time I met David, Mm. (laughs) like the intimacy issues, the trust issues, you know what I mean? Like it was, he didn't know the battle that he was about to be up against because we were like so in love and our love story is so beautiful how we fell in love. Um, We were so in love, but we had no idea the work that we were about to have to do. Um, so that's what led me up, up to this. You know, we, we fell in love um, actually on LSD. It was a very beautiful experience um, where we remembered being together like in past lives. And I channeled, I'm assuming my higher self for the first time. And I had no idea. We were just friends doing medical software sales. Never romantic. Never. And uh, we had that experience and it was all these epiphanies. And I just remember. I had no idea I was going to say this. It was not me. It was not me. It was my first experience channeling. I looked up to him and I was just like, I touched his face and I was like, I love you. And I was like, wait, what? This was was, deep in an LSD trip. Yeah. And so so, just backtracking. Yeah. uh, 
uh, I've listened to, to Megan just trying to process all this. Uh, what were your things that needed to be healed, David? Yes. So at that point, I'll give you mine. Um, not not taking away from mine because mine absolutely had its challenges. Mm -hmm. It wasn't at the depth by any means, but what I had to be healed, which didn't come out. Well, there were two really big pieces that came out throughout our healing journey. I went through a really difficult divorce that I saw um, whenever I was six, seven years old with my, my parents were kids having kids mm -hmm. and I love my mom to death. So I, I'm speaking my truth in this, but there's no judgment whatsoever in this because it was kids having kids. She was 17. I couldn't imagine having a kid at 17. I was wild and outrageous until I was like 30. Um, but when I saw when my dad would go to get deployed for the military is uh, my, my mom would cheat on him. Um, and in my child's mind, I would see that, which I didn't know till way later created a really thick abandonment issue in me. So <laughs> God's quite interesting because an abandonment issue, you, I like needed that affirmation of a physical touch of, of, of physical of words of affirmation of words. And she had so much of that damage historically intimacy that, that, intimacy like, that was the last thing that she was comfortable doing but that's what i needed which caused us both to make a choice to do the deepest inner work but so i had that um and i also for some reason had a very addictive personality which did, did come out in alcohol uh did come out in alcohol and binge drinking quite a lot in my professional i was always really great at anything I did. And I don't say with any ego, I just, I first, I have this ability really, and we all have spiritual gifts and abilities. I have an incredible ability of speaking, of um, speaking in front of people, of connecting with people. I'm just, I'm great at that. So I always did well, but the addiction aspect was always that I couldn't quite sit with myself and I wasn't comfortable. And I later realized what happened when I was also very young was I had an uncle that also molested me when I was a child. I didn't know um, and because my brain, your brain disassociates when you go through something traumatic as a child, oftentimes the brain disassociates and the energy stays in the body. And as time goes on, it'll, it can create addiction really. And not to addiction, people have different experiences, but in my experience, what I've noticed in working with many people with it, as well as myself, it's an inability to just be, you need like this escape. You need this constant stimulation because stimulation, because being is uncomfortable. Being with yourself is uncomfortable, which is why a practice of stillness is powerful. Whole nother topic. But I had to heal abandonment issues from the divorce. I had to, which I didn't even know. I was molested till like literally two years ago when LSD, when a medicine showed me that. Um, I had to heal from those things and really a deep journey of self-love, of knowing I was, I was worthy of all that, even though I wasn't, I could tell my soul was connected to hers in some unexplainable way, but I was getting no verbal or physical affirmation or sign of that because of what she was going through on her healing journey. It was the craziest well, my experience. Health got way worse, which I forgot oh, to mention. Man. Because so then over time, then it developed, it progressed as rheumatoid arthritis, right? And then, and then Ehlers-Danlos, like I would wake up and I'd have three ribs dislocated just from sleeping, my skull out of place, like debilitating bad. So when I, when we got together, 
She had about six or seven autoimmune diseases and parasitic infections. She had all this stuff, but we got together and we tried everything. I took her every Western medicine doctor, every Eastern medicine doctor. We spent ridiculous amounts of money. Nothing was working. Well, and I had already done that for 26 years prior for sure. that. I had even had cancer cells and had a hysterectomy, like so many things. So yeah. Many things. So what ended up, uh, so she, we ended up getting her off. What really ended up bringing everything up mm-hmm. was we, I knew, we knew we had to get her off the Xanax and the meds. We knew that was a piece, like it had to. So with the Xanax and cannabis, this is, cannabis is a, a beautiful medicine. It, it can be abused obviously, but it's a great medicine. Um, but this is an important note. It's not to judge pharmaceuticals because they did help her survive that time, mm-hmm. but it, you can't, it, it's not part of the healing. Ooh, journey. When not, I got off of it, off of it. So everything she, hit me in the face. So when we got her off of those meds, when we were together, like decades of abuse and trauma started coming up. And we these ripped the bandaid off. Yes. Were just, and that is when, That's we were when I a, knew I needed healing. Uh-huh. Well, and, and here's what the drinking is. The drinking would bring out jealousy when I'm like, I love him. That's, that's so, right. That's right. The jealousy would come out in drinking because in my mind, my inner child thought that I, that no way, uh, uh, the only relationship I saw was one where the woman cheats. So I had, I had healing to do too. I had to get my shit together for sure. Wow. Um, and also what led us to like the plant medicines, finally we're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, what led us there was, so I had, Right, I would say a couple of years before getting together with him, this is important to say, mm-hmm. I had an awakening because um, of a psychic medium who is one of my mentors. He's amazing, Ricardo. I had an awakening of understanding like thoughts are things, universal laws. We create our thoughts and feelings, like our visualization, like all of these things, which later then I learned about quantum entanglement, quantum language, all these other things. And so uh, meditation became, and it was a tug of war because I was so religiously indoctrinated, indoctrinated and told that meditation was bad and would open me up to demonic things. The program was so deep um, that it was a tug of war. But then I'm like, I have my own discernment. Like, does this feel bad? Because what happened was I had so much medical debt. I had started meditation and focusing on abundance and prosperity. And then I learned about positive affirmations and I started speaking them and writing them where I could see them making vision boards and writing in my affirmations. And that's why I attracted a lot of money, even though I had a lot of medical debt, so it didn't matter. (laughs) Um, And, but I attracted him. I also used my affirmations to attract my soulmate, my twin flame, but then I started, I really realized how much healing that I needed because I thought I was okay. But when I got off the Xanax and everything hit me, because I had such bad PTSD and, and all of that. Um, so it wasn't just the physical sickness either. I was dealing it with, again, all angles, like suffering my whole life. It was just really, really tough. But then I started, I don't know why I didn't start out with it, with this <laughs> affirmation, but I started affirmations on healing and being healed and being perfect health. And that is when we attracted ayahuasca. And that changed our life. This was but six years ago. This is what was the very beginnings of what Magical was about to be. But up until this point, I will say I had a lot of success healing, not like on the deep layers that I needed um, physically, but with like mind expansion and mindset and things and manifestation, things like that through 
meditation, affirmations, doing these things like that on a consistent basis, right? And then learning breath work, incorporating breath work. Breath work was really profound for me when I experienced it for the first time, doing like an hour breath work intensely. And so I did have a, a, a quite a bit of healing, but not near what it was in store for me once we got to ayahuasca. Which is it leads me to the next question. Um, how did you uh, how did you create this magical um, magical I'm, I'm saying magical mushroom healing ceremony? Uh, uh, how did all that come about? Um, uh, yeah, how did it come about? Yeah, so uh, this is the perfect time for this this next step. So we were guided to ayahuasca. Now ayahuasca, there's a lot of systematic fear built around ayahuasca. Again, not going into the whole thing right now, but there's a lot of powers to be in my personal opinion and experience mm -hmm. that don't want people experiencing these medicines because when you heal, you don't need the system. Yeah. Um, so there's, no, a no. Of, there's, a, there's a lot of fear around it. Yeah. So we were guided to ayahuasca and those first two ceremonies changed our life. So, Ooh, so it was intense though. Night two. Very intense. intense. So just major Megan had so much trauma because what ayahuasca does, there's multiple things and every ceremony is different. We've been in hundred over a hundred around a hundred. Can I just ask you a quick question sure. real fast? Yeah. Uh, ayahuasca. Uh, what's the legal status of that? There is. Ayah no yeah. Ayahuasca is legal in some countries, not in the United States. However, if you are affiliated with a church, which we're affiliated with the Native American church, it's legal. We can carry peyote, San Pedro, ayahuasca, cannabis, and psilocybin. That's and all legal here. As long as you are affiliated with a church and it's a sacrament okay. of the church, yes. Also, okay. our nonprofit is getting started right now. And our nonprofit is going to be a church that uses it as a sacrament. That is for them. We're super good. Yeah. So we have, there's multiple ways you can do it the right way. So that was a great question I asked you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I, it's that's so interesting. I had no idea. And, you know, I've got a fairly sophisticated background as a former pharmacist and that stuff, but I had no idea. So continue. Yeah, there's a reason why alcohol is pushed in every corner yes. and ayahuasca and psilocybin are illegal. But again, yeah. whole nother topic. Yeah. Um, but we were led to ayahuasca and there was so much suppressed trauma that was released out of Megan's energetic body. Tears, purging. I was the show star. Let I me mean, put you that way. It was <laughs> so deep. Now, what happens? We all have spiritual gifts and abilities. We all have them. But oftentimes... I'm mixing what I've learned over the years with that experience looking back. Oftentimes, our gifts and abilities are lie dormant or stagnant because of the energy of suppressed trauma, because of the energy of suppressed emotions that are deeply suppressed. So what started magical, and this is wild. Oh my gosh, if you ever have an ayahuasca experience, go with an open mind, because I was doing medical sales, killing thought, yeah. it, crushing it, medical software sales in New York City. I was doing great ayahuasca was like, for my experience, you're like, you're leaving all of that. You're leaving it all. And you're going to go the medicine path because you're supposed to help people heal. Like people need healing. This is your path. And I was like, I was so shocked. And while that was happening with me, this gift started flourishing in Megan of how to intuitively 
work with psilocybin mushrooms. But, but also, it was really random how we created the ceremony because after experiencing ayahuasca, we're like, man, we really, it was such an awesome experience. We were like, we would love to create something like that, but like, we can't facilitate this ayahuasca. Was way before, you know? This is way before we were working with ayahuasca. Yeah, way before, because you know, you have to go stay in the jungle and like, you know. You have to do initiations, you have to find your teachers. It's right, we were no, and I thought I had, I had healed a lot, but I didn't realize because of my deep level of trauma and the amount of chronic illness in my body and the amount of acidity that was in my body. I didn't realize that, that my body was just so acidic. That's really the root of a lot of the no, physical stuff that I went to. You know what I mean? Do what? We should think about magical though. No, I know. Mushrooms. I know, but now you made me lose my train of thought. No, you're fine. I was there was a point to that. It, it yeah. all went together. So you, Why you, would you, do you that? created the mushroom ceremony. But yeah. So um, what I did is it was random though. You know, we were like, oh, we want to create something. And I was like, you know, and we really had never done a magical event yet. So not this yet. is like nothing. We had not done anything. And I was like, what if we take, because at that time I started practicing, because at first I thought I wanted to get into life coaching. I didn't realize it was so much bigger than that. Um, but I knew I wanted to help people heal because I'd already had a lot of profound experiences with breath work and the mindset stuff, right. And the quantum language that helped me so far. And so I wanted to teach that to people. So I was already working with people and doing like breath work, trauma, breath work, and seeing the profound healing that was taking place and doing what I call meditate and affirmate, which is a, re a mind beautiful. reprogramming, um, that I've created. I write this 90 minute journey that is so beautiful that lifts blocks reprograms the subconscious mind so that people can really tap into that higher frequency and manifest the life with their dreams with ease, you know? And so, um, I was like, gosh, what if we just, it was so random. It was so random and it was risky. I was like, what if we just take all of the services that I've created and throw them into like one day, like have it be an itinerary, you know, like they get all the services in one day and then we throw some mushrooms in there and we call it a healing ceremony, you know, and we, and I was like, it's super risky. I've never guided anything like this before. I had never even really guided anything beyond just the meditate and affirmate with clients. So it could have gone really, really bad, but we were also at a place because he had some business partners that had really, really taken advantage of us. And so we're at a place where it's like, no, we need to do something. And the universe is pushing me. It's been pushing me to do this for a long time. And because I haven't jumped on it, it's now making us uncomfortable because it's like, no, it is time yep. to stand into this power and do this. And so that is how the mushroom ceremony got started. And that is what really built magical is the mushroom ceremony. And um, it wasn't the ayahuasca, but I later did, and David can chime in on this, but I later discovered the full formula that we use, yeah. which does include the ayahuasca in a certain order with the plant medicine. But we can go into that whenever we get to that point. The formula. Yeah. So what was beautiful was right after ayahuasca, if you experience ayahuasca, there's this massive energetic shift always right after because there's so much clean out, so much cleaning that happens. So we put this, she put this um, mushroom mindset reprogramming ceremony together and it was divine watching her facilitate it with no training for the first time. It's like I've been doing it for it's lifetimes. It's like she's been doing it for lifetimes. It was such a hit and it started changing people's lives immediately. People started flying in from all over the country to experience this mushroom and it just word of mouth spread, spread, oh. spread. 
and it, it just started, started in his office. Yeah. He had his a tiny little door to door office that I taught door to door sales in. Yeah, and we and I tried to make it aesthetically beautiful as I could, you know, because I'm so, a creator. So that is what started magical. That, and then we started our podcast. And then what furthered Magical, just to wrap wrap it up with the, what started Magical, we ended up on her healing journey because everyone's different, but she had deep layers of trauma. So the ayahuasca continued to work with her. We would, did ceremonies. We tried, we had different shamans. We were divinely guided to our teachers, Master Shaman Danilo Jimenez and Mary Rodriguez. They're on our website. He's a master shaman, has been working with the medicine for 20 years in the Columbia and the Amazon. He's a well-known, very powerful shaman in the Amazon. Oh, and he, there was an immediate connection. They took us under their wings. They started training us. They started teaching us. We started sitting with them. We did multiple initiations in the Amazon deep with them and their teachers. And then Megan, again, she has this well, crazy intuition. Well, I was intuition. still healing. I was still, I was still healing like gut issues, like right. leaky gut and stuff. And I was like, really, I felt like, gosh, am I just going to die? And that's when we're going to figure out what this was all along. And it was like the last thing that and the insomnia. And so on my healing journey, um, I had experienced the ayahuasca and then I came home and did a mushroom because here's the deal. I had done a mushroom journey earlier and the mushrooms told me because another part of our formula is the diet, the raw, a raw fruitarian diet, high fruit juicing diet, very profoundly healing for me. And so the, yeah, the mushrooms told me that it took me two years to listen to the mushrooms after that, but they told me, you know, that formula and, and how that is a part of it. But what I experienced was after I'd had the ayahuasca, then and we had done some ketamine infusions, but that wasn't really profound. It did create new neural pathways. But so in the order I did ayahuasca and then I had gone to an infusion. And then for some reason, I think I was really blown up. And I was like, I'm going to take some mushrooms. Like, I feel like the mushrooms could actually, with the intention of me wanting it to help this inflammation and everything in my gut, I'm going to take the mushrooms. And it was very, very oh, profound for me because I had had all this cleaning from the ayahuasca. And then I take the mushrooms and it was like not a regular Game mushroom. Changing. It wasn't a regular mushroom experience because it act. I, I immediately could tell that it activated the ayahuasca with it. And so the two spirits danced together and I was like, whoa, this is divine. And there was no purging. So it was different than just an, an ayahuasca journey too. So it's very different when you put the two together, like it's amazing. And the epiphanies that I was having were just really profound. They were not like a normal, like not the normal epiphany that you have on a typical, typical uh, psilocybin journey. And so that's how I created the formula. It was through my own healing. And it was like, okay, we do the ayahuasca followed by the mushrooms. We incorporate the raw fruitarian diet. We incorporate the mindset reprogramming, the teaching the quantum language, because anything you say in your now moment will manifest your future now moments, right? So it's all of this. Everyone wants it to be this one-all fix-all. And it's just not that way. Ayahuasca is very profound though. I want to touch on this because it's not talked about. It's very real is well, first of all, what he said for me, I had a lot of sickness and trauma. So for me, it took 15 ceremonies of ayahuasca to heal fully. It would heal. In, it's an intelligence. It's a spirit it heals in layers. So like it would have to heal, you know, the Sjogren's before it could heal the rheumatoid arthritis before it could heal the next thing. Right. I also have had like seven exorcisms 
you know, and each time, and it couldn't get every single entity out at once, you know, but after getting so many layers clean, then she'd see the entity and I would have an exorcism, like real stuff. And instantly there'd be a lot of my ailments that were healed. The, the back issues, I was always having to go to a craniosacral and, and, and the back issues and the neck issues and all of that instantly gone. And like the final thing for me was I went this insomnia to go because I could not get more from the age of like, I mean, since a child until just like a few years ago, I could not get more than three hours of sleep a night period ever. It was not. And that's horrible. You heal when you sleep. And on my 15th ceremony in Colombia with our teachers that he's talking about that are just truly divine. I mean, I've seen them stop the rain, like the most power I've experienced other shamans, but these are the most powerful and holy. And just, it is a divine that, that we attracted to them. Is Did all you I'm say stop the rain? It's yeah. the wildest thing. I wouldn't believe it unless I experienced it. We were doing an outdoor ceremony and it started to rain. Danilo looked up at the sky, closed his eyes, and put his hand up, and it all stopped. He did it like three times over the next few hours. If it's, it's a wild. blessing rain, he won't. If it's like a healing rain, he won't. But yeah. Because I uh, I got to interject. Sure. I'm, I'm trying to join our, 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 our world because there's a... Um, so I, I, I uh, went on a, a paranormal uh, investigation with this researcher scientist um we went to this we went one of my many adventures we uh myself my my co-host my co-reporter tara uh and and this scientist who does these paranormal investigations we went to this um uh pre-revolutionary war cemetery Mm. and um wow uh, and, and everybody died, everybody who's buried there died before America was born. And, wow. um, and, and this scientist went to a particular grave and held a microphone over a grave. And it was a beautiful June summer day, um, eight, nine years ago. It wasn't a cloud in the sky. And, and she held a microphone over this, this grave and we read the you can barely see the inscriptions on the on the floor there, but it, it said it was a girl who died like at twelve in seventeen sixty, and mm. she asked the the grave, um, uh, "Are you a little girl?" And and a few minutes later, we went in a circle, the three of us. Uh, we were in a little circle. It's like nine o'clock in the morning, and, and she played back the recording. And, and it said, uh, you heard the voice. They heard it better than me. Wow. Well, um, they And the voice said, yes, I'm a little girl. Oh, wow. And then, and then it started to rain on us. Wow. So it wasn't a cloud in the sky and I'm huh. rubbing my arms. And by the way, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm just a regular guy. I go to college basketball, <laughs> college football. And, and, you know, I watch The Godfather every three months. So <laughs> you know, I'm a regular guy. There's, you know, I'm, there's nothing special about me, but it's raining on us. And, and I, I said, but and I'm rubbing my arms. And, and, and I ask her, and she says, well, sometimes this happens. So anyway, what I'm saying now gives legitimacy to what you just said. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he is a very powerful shaman and he is very angelic, very angelic. He's also like a big child. Oh yeah. Unconditional love. Yeah. Unconditional love. But yeah, so I went through a seven hour exorcism and the thing was very, very dark. Uh, the shaman, um, he had a premonition the night before, so he knew that it was going to happen. And, uh, I didn't know it was going to happen, but, um, I get there and all of a sudden he's putting like tying stuff around my waist and like, I'm having to wear this special poncho. No one else is like getting this treatment. So I'm like, wait a second, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> and so I was getting real nervous. Cause I was like, oh, I'm onto something. Like, I don't know why they're doing this just to me. But I still had no idea. But he just, this, it's like this, she was, it was a demonic witch. She showed herself. He could see her. He can see things. He can hear things. He could hear what she was saying to him. She threatened to uh, burn the place down if she were to get banished out. And the craziest thing, <clears throat> it took about seven hours. And I was so sick. Oh, my gosh. So sick. It was a real true type, you know, like what you would see, you know, in the movies, exorcism. And that thing did not want to come out of me. And it finally did. I looked instantly years long, younger. Instantly the insomnia was gone. Instantly healed. That thing was behind all of it. And the crazy thing is, is the pulp, there was a fire. At, we have a fire that transmutes. And she tried to burn the place down. The fire went crazy. They were all having to like try to like throw rocks, all this stuff. And then David has a picture of this on his phone. Anyone that wants this picture, I can send it to you. It's wild. She showed herself. She showed herself. And you can see the witch. She's sitting it's, like it's, this. And you can see a pitchfork. You can see she looks like an alien face, alien eyes. And you can see the spine. You can see everything. Um, we did a podcast episode on this. And I literally have the photos in my email. I wow. send it to anyone that wants it. Yeah. Wow. And I was a completely different person, you know, after that. And I, I want to real quick just shed a little light. Uh, because everyone, of course, is entitled to their own beliefs on things. But our work in this field, it has been mind-blowing of how the reality in our experience of what there's angels, there's demons, there's everything in between. And it, sex is a sacred portal. It's, it's a, it's sacred. And what most people don't realize is um, that is an opportunity. If there's abuse involved in that, that entities can come in as well as blacking out an alcohol and stuff like that. So there's different ways these things can come in. Um, and whenever it usually, they usually lie in the unconscious and when there's a trigger, the vibration lowers enough that that thing can take over. People that have crazy bouts of rage or can't control what they're saying or just all these things. Sometimes those can be little signs of it. Because, yeah. I, yeah, I was very, like, there were times that, like, I was very self-aware. But I was like, why did I just freak out, like, on David or, like, and, or my mom or, and, but I couldn't, I really couldn't control it. Like I couldn't control it. And I mean, so that's a real thing. And I watched it in my mom. So whenever my mom ended up, you know, coming to several uh, ceremonies with us and having her exorcism, I knew there was always something in there, but I didn't know it was going to be as dark as what we saw come out. But we see exorcisms mm -hmm. often in ceremony and it's always after the third cup. So it's always the third cup to answer, or to answer the, that question, I know that was a long answer, but that's how the formula was created. The formula that Magical or Megan discovered, that formula we took everywhere. We do them internationally at all of our international retreats. People have the most extreme life transformations at them. 
uh, at our international retreats, domestic, we kind of do them all over, but that formula is the formula that built Magical, and that's the formula we utilize at all of our healing experiences, the one that she created. And I do want to say something that makes Magical unique in our ayahuasca ceremonies, well, with anything, is, you know, um, other uh, ayahuasca ceremonies, they're calling in the plant spirits, very important, we obviously do that, um, but what really makes us special is that our shamans and our team, we work with the energy of Christ consciousness. So that's the energy that we are channeling. That's the energy that is using us as vessels. Um, and that is why there are, I mean, you read our review. I mean, ask anyone that's been to our retreats, there are miraculous things that do take place mm -hmm. in ceremony. There really truly is. You know, you, you said, um, you know, the energy of Christ. Correct. Did I just hear that? Yes. Our shamans are very unique. They don't, most shamans just work with ayahuasca. We still bring in ayahuasca, but our teachers always have Christ on the mantle. Uh, they have Mar Mother Mary on the mantle. It's not the indoctrination. Then, uh, not no, the, not the I, that's where I came all. from. It's, I, it's, so it's, I, it's, I said this before we went on air, and, and I read about this uh, uh, six years ago. Um, I, I, I was at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem and this particular day they were allowing two people at a time oh, you crawl, you tell us that. to crawl through a little uh, and by the way when I was there uh, I, I couldn't walk mm. uh, I, I was walking with a cane my knee was really bad and I had been treated every which way you'll find this interesting uh, every which way mankind and modern medicine can treat a knee I had done to me to heal my knee and even some illegal things. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 DMSO was a chemical. Uh, they use it in they use it in Europe to help horses run faster. That was injected into my knee. Ozone. I mean, I've had I had magnets done by Columbia south american doctor mm -hmm. so i had it all done nothing worked so i i uh, i soon after i had gotten back from i was going to get a new knee uh but anyway this day that uh, i was at the church of the holy sepulchre um uh, i was with my sister uh my wife was somewhere else and and they let us crawl through this little space uh, into christ's tomb mm. uh so there i am touching the casket wow. where Christ was buried and where he was resurrected from. Mm. And I did my little meditation that I had to do personally. Anyway, um, the next day we went to Nazareth and the church of the Annunciation, Mary's church. Mm. And, you know, I'm walking real slow with a cane uh, and, and my little party, they, they were already outside. I was alone. I went down. In the, in the basement there's a little shrine uh to, to mary and you know i did my meditation uh uh and and i'm walking up really slowly because and, and as i'm walking up the stairs uh there's a sharp pain that runs right through my body through my knee it was like intense like wow mm. and anyway and i continued to walk out and there's a side door in, in the church and it's funny i, I took one step out uh, uh, and I yelled, oh, my God. It's almost like Fred Sanford was yelling to Elizabeth, I'm coming. 
and I said, oh, my God. And my wife and sister, sister-in-law, they all what happened? And I said, I'm healed. Wow. I mean, and again, I'm a regular guy here. Football, basketball. Um, I'm healed. Uh, I don't need this cane anymore. Now, I wasn't healed to the point where I can go play tennis again, but I was healed. Wow. No more pain. Uh, and and I, I put that under, that's why I'm so fascinated listening to you guys, because uh, 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 um, the stuff works mm-hmm. for your, whatever you find in your world, whatever works, it does work because there's so much that we don't understand. That's right. Uh, and, and it's funny, the first thing I did when I came back to New Jersey as I went to my dear friend, who's my orthopedist, and and he's great, and he's kept me basically put together. And I said, hey, by the way, what happened? And he kind of smiled at me. You know, uh, there's no explanation. So that's why I love listening, you know, to you guys on on your journey, because it, there's there's great similarities. There's just different vehicles how we approach the end result yeah uh and 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 i still been uh, you know I, I it's six years later i don't need a new knee you know my knee's not like an 11 year old gymnast so mm-hmm. be it uh but uh that again that it, it, so you, you what i'm listening to uh is so fascinating and relevant and real because i lived it in my own mm-hmm. way yeah. So, um, is is there a uh, is there a, a, a four or five line message? What is your mission with Major Goal? By the way, I'm holding this up. This is the forthcoming book. We'll yes. talk about that briefly. Uh, uh, just a little graphic I have. So, what is the mission? Your. By the way, you you do have. Um, and, and I thought this is important to mention. Uh, you have a hundred thousand followers. Right. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. We're about to pass a hundred thousand. Our podcast has a couple thousand, well, and uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. We have a yeah. That's great. I mean, and it it, it it's wonderful. Uh, and and I know about how you have to develop that, and it ain't easy. And you did it. So, what is your Michigan? Your 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 mission with so the one really quick addition i wanted to add because i think it's very important with the energies we bring into ceremony um we bring in four really important energies uh christ consciousness mother mary the jaguar because the jaguar is the sacred protector uh we are trained by the colombian culture by our teachers that are in the colombian indigenous and that's the, even in the Amazon, that's the sacred. They show protector. up. The Jaguars show up. It's they a sacred show up protector. when we're in the Maloka. And then we also bring, yeah. we also bring in the energy of Mary Magdalene, who uh, we both strongly feel isn't spoken enough about. She was beautiful. All her writings were uh, burned, but she has an amazing gospel. She had a mystery school and her and um, Yeshua, her and Jesus were great together. So we bring the, we bring those energies in for the ceremonies okay I also, <laughs> I, I also i also i want to i want to say one last thing too is 
my mother and I's relationship is healed because of this medicine. Yes. We have a beautiful relationship now. And, and so I do tough. want to make sure that, that I include that because I'm very grateful. Yeah. Now you can, and what is our mission, babe? Our mission is to heal the world. One soul, one mindset at a time. That's the main, there's multiple little missions like destigmatizing plant medicines and, and, and leading people back to themselves. Uh, but it's to heal the world. One mindset, one soul at a time. Absolutely. Doing that. Um, so kind of winding down, um, uh, cause the truth is we, we could talk for hours, by the way, and the more I listen to you guys in, on my little journey, uh, and, and what happened to me and in, in my healing. And that's why I wrote, that's why I wrote my novel, uh, mm -hmm. to talk about my journey and the, the spirituality and, and and it's funny i never asked uh i never asked for any of this mm. you know you don't go out searching <laughs> no this. but one day uh and and i call uh i i call this um uh there, there to me in life there are three simple gifts and, and actually listening to the two of you 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 certainly demonstrate those three simple gifts it's health, uh, spirit, uh, and love. Mm, uh, uh, and you, you guys uh, have that, and, and and that's really important to me. And you, you don't realize what a, a remarkable gift spirit is to have that. Uh, it, it's it's there for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's all part of each and every one of us. Uh, um, uh, but when you realize you have it, you nurture it, you appreciate it, you're grateful to the universe for it. It's a wonderful, it's a, I call it, I call it a simple gift. These are simple gifts, but um, it's a great song, um, folk song, Before Your Time, called Simple Gifts. Great song, it's short. Actually, Obama, I, I think, had that played. On his first inauguration in, in Washington, somebody did simple gifts. It was an instrumental, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm rambling, but, but I'm rambling because I'm, I'm so fascinated with your world because in, in my world, there's such great parallels. Um, what What is uh, Magical's, Magical's plan for the next couple of years? Where are you going? So we actually purchased land with our teachers, 21 acres in Colombia, in really beautiful, it's tropical, off-grid land, jungle, but also mountains, really beautiful. So they've already started. It's untouched. untouched. No it's one's untouched. ever lived on it. So our teachers are over there now with the with the workers. We've already cleared out trails. They've already made the maloca, or they're almost mm. done with that. We've picked out where our home's going to be built over there. It's going to be a beautiful healing retreat center in Colombia that we're building right now. Um, so we're just allowing God to align it and working and following the path to continue to work and do this healing work and raise the, the funds to build that retreat center out. And yeah, have build a beautiful and continue to go around the world and Belize. We love out. our Belize retreat that's coming up in November. Out of, so, so, so I do want to, yeah, out of all, all the retreats are amazing, but Belize is truly the ultimate. Oh, it's experience. amazing. So five star then, hotel. That yes. five, five star luxury, Beyond. luxury. I did my research. It's very yeah, it's luxury. Nice. 
Uh, but yeah, the, the plan is to build that retreat center out, uh, finalize where we've done. But we want to go, we want to be all over. So yeah. like, you know, we'll, that's our headquarters, but we want to have other places too. For sure. You know? Costa Rica calls us a lot. And then uh, our books, we have a children's book series. We already have our animals are the characters. So the point behind that is we strongly feel that so much happens to us in childhood that affects us. If we can get these beautiful lessons to kids. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's written Dr. Seuss style. And the, so good. It's, called, it's called Magical Tales. There's already one that's, that's published. That's the series, Magical Tales. Magical Tales. And it's all our, it's our The animals. first one that's published is called Pepe's. A grounding adventure and you can get that on amazon it's really really good it's cute. send me the uh send me a link for that oh, so our, yeah. our goal is to expand our children's book series we've done a lot of healing retreats this year that we facilitated so we're taking three very intentional months off at the end of the year to finish our book and our story for our story and we're also doing a hundred day I, I love long-term juice fast they're very healing and we have a thing called a mucus placoid that we can all release in us. That's just from eating foods that were not designed for our bodies for so long. And so we are doing a hundred day juice fast, which actually you thrive on these, you know, people like when I work out, my form's better, you know, after the first week, I'll say, you know, then it feels great. So we are just cleaning our vessel, getting really connected to the divine and writing, finishing our story. November to February. And that's that's wow. really what we're doing. Then just continuing to grow and bring more team members on, stabilize our team and continue to expand Magical's mission. Wow. Uh, that is a wow. Uh, it's funny, you, you just mentioned also, um, you know, I, 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 I do things a little bit on my own because that's just the way, uh, but you know, listening to you. But um, um, like everybody, like many uh, earthbound people, uh, I had gained uh, a ton of weight during a pandemic, mm. uh, only because I'm, I'm just sitting in this chair. And I put myself uh, on my own uh, intermittent fasting. Ooh. Uh, and I've been on it for a year. I lost 40 pounds. That's yeah. awesome. That's so healthy. Fasting and, is so healing, too. Oh. And, and the message is, Again, tied into you guys. Mm. Uh, this stuff works. Yes. You're you're juicing and it, oh, yeah. it works. It works. So it I delicious. I, it's so delicious. It works. I, I yeah, want to create a, a juice recipe book. I really am going to do that at some point. Probably during that three months. <laughs> so guys, um I I will say that uh um I'm inviting you back when you know this is published. Yeah, you know you'll come back. We'll talk about this. Uh, and and anytime you guys want to uh, come back and chat and bring people on, whatever. I'm just you know uh, loyalty is a wonderful uh, human virtue. So we're friends, uh, uh, and I'm hugely loyal to you guys now. Uh, uh, I'm growing this channel, so come back whenever I'm here to be continued. Uh, this has all been so fascinating for me. Um, and it's been an honor for us. Yeah, thank you. Know, so it's been a huge, really huge honor. Uh, all the contact information. Your my going to your your website was um, an experience for me mm-hmm. to read and see mm-hmm. all that. 
and and again, uh, I believe we're uh, at, at the very precipice of a whole new world of understanding where you guys already are. Uh, and, and I believe that. So, um, and and I also believe in, in, you know, the universe. So we were brought together for a reason. 100%. Oh, yeah. Nothing's by accident. Yeah. So thank you. We're going to be in touch. I'll have all yes. the information. Uh, don't leave. I'm just going to sign off now. Okay. Uh, David and, and, and Megan, uh, this has been great. Uh, you actually made my day and beyond. Oh, you made our day. This has been beautiful. Thank you. You made thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you.